Welcome to the Planning Parent Podcast, where we talk to real parents and professionals about solutions and strategies to minimize the hustle and bustle that we parents face daily. This is a place where you will come to listen, learn, and share about all things parenting. I am your host, Krista Hermance. I am a busy mom to two little girls, a wife and estate planning attorney with a focus on families with minor children, an entrepreneur, scuba diver, and golf hobbyist. My passion is helping families create simplicity and bliss in their everyday lives. Welcome to our show. I am joined with Dee from the Kids Money Academy. As a CPA in finance and structure at UCLA, having conversations with other adults about money comes naturally. However, when her six-year-old son asked her what a FICO score was, she realized how challenging it is to explain how money works in simple terms to a child. After doing some research, she found that there was no one single resource that shared tips on how to talk about money in simple and exciting ways with our kids. One that also provides empirical data on the benefits of early childhood financial literacy. So she created it. She founded Kids Money Academy to fill a huge need that empowers parents from all backgrounds to talk to their kids about money in a positive way. Welcome, Dee. Hey, hey, Krista. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you here. So I follow you on Instagram, and I just love the content that you put out there. I think it is relatable to parents. It just provides such great just small tips and things that we can put in our everyday lives. It gives us those ideas. So I'm so appreciative to have you on the Planning Parent Podcast. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you find my um, account helpful. Um, that's my goal. That's my mission. My mission is to help parents raise um, money smart kids and millionaire kids with generous hearts. That's my mission. So I'm glad the word is going out and people are hearing about us. Yeah, it's a good mission to have. Okay, so I have some questions for you that I think um, a lot of parents will be able to relate with, right? Especially when it comes to having kids and money and different kinds of things and topics when it when it comes to that. So how do we make learning about money fun for our kids? Yeah, so when we say kids, it's a big range, right? So starting from um, newborn to all the way to the 18 years old and they I mean there there's a saying right it's they're always our babies even when they're they're out of the house <laughs> um, so definitely depending on the age of your child the conversation you are going to have is going to be different the fun aspect will be different kind of fun so when you're um, if you ask me when is a good time to start teaching your kid uh, I would say, as soon as they stop putting a coin in their mouth, <laughs> that's a good time to start teaching them about money. And let me give you an example. Like, for example, my four-year-old daughter, she can actually budget her allowance. Um, and, you know, she has a written budget. Um, and now she has her uh, jar system. We call it three-jar system, save, spend, and give. And that's how she started. Now, my son, on the other hand, he's eight years old, almost nine. He started budgeting when he was six. So I want everyone to realize that every child, every household is different. And your the maturity of your child will 
determine when you can really start teaching them the basics of money management. So you as a mother, um, you have the, the best intuition insight for your family and their level. Um, having said that, um, we just came um, back from um, ski trip and my four-year-old started skiing. I was like very surprised that she can ski very well. So we sometimes underestimate what our child's capability as well. So just be aware of that. Uh, you know, don't try to be too protective, too easy on them either. So there's a balance there. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I agree with you. I think we underestimate what our kids can actually do. Um, and four years old for skiing, that's that's pretty amazing. I'm taking mine in a few weeks, so I'm excited to see because I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And so I'm excited to see, you know, how, how they do with that. We'll, we'll have to, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, yes, please, please do. And that's why I, on Instagram, I put a real uh, video. I said, if she can, if she can ski, she can budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good modern to have. That's a good one. Yes, yes. Okay, so in 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 determining the age, then is that's really what it is. So you, so to make it fun, it's really just kind of finding things that they enjoy and and bringing money into those different aspects, depending on the age and and what you think their maturity level is. Yeah, uh, one thing to keep in mind, I think nobody likes to be lectured. Even your four year old, five year old, your eighteen year old, they don't like to be lectured. So sharing your experience and sharing your knowledge without dictating what they need to do with that money is a is a great introduction to the money management. Um, now with the um, introducing the jars, uh, three um, three jar system um, is a very fun way to actually show kids that they when they get their allowance they can split into three buckets and they can spend their money on whatever they want in the span jar um so and then they will have a bigger goal where they save for something they really want that, that barbie or that roblox credit whatever it is that they can save for um i think that's a very fun way to introduce money management to the kids mm, okay um i like that i we do we do something similar we have the 3 um but i my just for my 7 year old um and she's got like her paper that she uses and she keeps track of it there. Um, but we do very similar to what you do. And I probably actually got the idea from you, um, but didn't want to use jars because the jars never work for me. And I think it's really the family, right? You have to figure out what works best for your family. But I think the idea is really like this base. And then you, you figure it out, right? You figure out what works best for your family. Exactly. Some families do envelopes, um, envelope system where they have three envelopes for safe span gifts some families do jars um you know every family is different yeah yeah we we do the we do the envelope one so it's she's got her spreadsheet that she keeps track of and you know it's helping with her writing so it's all these different skills that are coming into it that i think really just are helping educate her so um okay absolutely so do you have any suggestions on allowances for kids? How do we structure them? Like, what are they getting the allowance for? Do they have to, do they have to do stuff to get the allowance? So what are some ideas we can share? 
Well, that's a great question, and that's a big debate, right? A big debate between um, different um, allowance philosophies, I will say. Okay. Being able to kind of show that there are different ways, like what are some of the different ways, and then, you know, people can choose what's best for them. Yeah. And now my favorite way, I'll, I'll tell you, my favorite way too, and my preferred way. Um, okay, so there are two schools uh, of thoughts. One is the families give money to their child, but kids need to do their chores. So there is a monetary exchange, services, and the money, okay? So your child is... Um, a child is doing the, the bed and the other ch- kind of chores and each chore has a dollar amount assigned and as they do it, you give the money. And then the other school of thought is that they need to do these chores regardless whether there is a money involved or not because they are part of the family and being part of the family it means that you do contribute to the family. So so that you don't really exchange money for services. More of it is a learning opportunity. You are giving allowance on a weekly basis to teach your child money management. And then there is a hybrid model, which is my favorite, I think. So you give your child on a weekly basis that set a month, And then if they do anything above and beyond what they're supposed to do in their regular chores and responsibility, doing their homeworks, et cetera, without like directly tying, if they do something above and beyond, then you, it's like a bonus for a week and you give that, that money. For example, my son, if he's every Sunday, we clean my, um, we wash my car. Uh, If he helps out with the uh, vacuuming, the, the trunk, and then he gets a dollar. So he needs to vacuum the trunk and inside the um, inside the car. Uh, my daughter, when she helps me washing the car, she gets she gets an extra. But other than that, um, in my family, we don't exchange the money for chores. Um, we give set amount of money, and I do have a very easy formula for that. Um, You go by the age of your child. So if your child is four years old, my daughter gets $4 a week. Um, My son is eight. He gets $8 every Sunday, same time. Um, When he turns nine, he's going to start getting nine. So he knows that over time, his money um, the allowance that he's getting is also increased. That's also another incentive for him to learn how to manage because the money will grow. So that's my favorite way. Yeah. So how do you do it with your family? So we do very similar to how you do it with the age. Um, and so it's it's funny because I don't think I've ever heard you say that, but we do it based on how old she is. So like she was six one week and then she turned seven. So her allowance went up a dollar, right? She got an increase. Um, and I think that's, I mean, because otherwise it's hard to just, you know, where do you come up with a number? I think it's also based on, you know, family, right? What works for your family that that might not be the best. Um, but we also do it. My husband was very adamant when we had these conversations. And I think you actually really provided me like the guidance and the starting to have the conversations with my husband when I started seeing your stuff about allowance and stuff for kids and how young your kids were. And I was like, we need to be putting something in place for my kids. And so he was very adamant that he did not want to pay for services 
from that kind of aspect. So he likes the, they're part of the family. They have certain things that they need to do to contribute to the household. They just get this allowance. Um, and so I, you know, I was fine with that. I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it. So that's what we do. And it, again, it works well for my daughter because she's understanding that money side, right? She's writing all of the stuff down in her chart. She's keeping track of her envelopes and she wanted something. Let me tell you, I've never seen her want something so much in my life. She figured out where all the stuff was supposed to go and what envelope she knew exactly. And she's seven. She knew exactly how much she needed, which was $16 for some game online that I don't even think she plays anymore. And she went and she figured out how much goes in each one and how much she needed so that she could buy that game. And she did it. And she was so excited. And I was like, well, that was a lot of different skills that went into play for her to come up with that. So that was, <laughs> that's, it was uh, that's wonderful. And um, also one of the things and uh, the parents always wonder, okay, do I need to, okay, I have these three jar system. I have this three um, envelope system, save, span, give. Do I need to tell them how much money they need to put in each jar, each envelope? So, and I do want to talk about uh, my framework. It's it's called Positive Money Loop, uh, which is uh, goes like this. Um, uh, you educate your child. It goes in the circle. It's a loop. You educate your child. Um, you give control. And then you respect the decision that they make. So it... If you think about it, you start your um, financial literacy education with your child when they are four or five, whatever, and then they go over that loop over time uh, until they are 18 with the different decision, right? Like even the buying a first car decision, you educate, you give control, then you respect their decision because they will be the one dealing with the consequences of their decision. And that's real life. You want to provide that kind of environment when they're at home, not when they leave. When they leave, you want them to be ready. You don't want them to be signing up for a credit card uh, for a free shirt. You yeah. Know? So oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so I am all about the freedom when it comes to uh, how they choose to split up the money. So if your seven-year-old is getting a $7, let them choose how much money they want to put in each jar. It's up to them. Like they need to put money in each of them. But even for, you know, charity, for giving, you don't want to enforce like, oh, you got to give like 10, 15% unless, you know, some religious reason you have that. But um, other than that, you don't want to enforce that kind of... Um, you know, what you desire onto your project, onto your kids. Um, they need to be the one deciding how they want to split up their money. And then it, let's say they put all most of their money in the spend, they spend their money, then they're not going to have the reach their goal of, you know, that game that you're, you, you know, your uh, daughter you mentioned for $16 it's going to take longer to reach that goal so you want them to go through those emotions and decisions and then make their own uh, own best decision and then you respect you respect that decision and then and then the education part comes again and because they when they suffer you want to be um you want to provide the light for them instead of being a, I call it, instead of being a helicopter mom, you want to be the lighthouse, lighthouse mom, where you provide the light and guidance and then they make the decision. Mm, okay. Got it. Okay. Um, so how, 
can we teach our kids successful money habits, right? So like we talked about the savings or do you have any like tips that are just like, how do, how do we teach them to be good with money? Like any, any suggestions on that? Um, so as they are making these decision with their jars, they are going to realize that they sometimes make mistakes. And that's when you come in and you give them the guidance that they need and make it a conversational and give also provide the mistakes that you made when you were younger or maybe even, you know, some People are still paying off that they still are dealing with their own emotions and sharing without making your child insecure at home, because that's important too. Without um, sharing too much, you can still share, uh, be vulnerable with your child, especially the mistakes that you made in the past and the ones that you are not repeating again in the lesson you learn. And so they're not open wounds, but more like you were hurt somewhere, it's healed and you are sharing that story with them. Um, I think that's probably one of the best and underrated advice I can give you. (laughs) No, I, I think sharing the stories, it's just, you know, it's, if anything on this podcast that we try and do is, um, you know, it's how do we connect with our kids? And I think that's a way that you connect with them, right? By sharing stories of things that you've gone through in the past to be able to share examples and, you know, show them. Um, and it, you know, I think it, it has that little bit of connection, right? Where you, you're talking to them on their level. Um, and I think that it's going to help them kind of understand things better. So I think that's, I like that. And I will tell you, I did get a free shirt for getting a for getting a credit card in college. I am totally guilty of that. So <laughs> I think majority majority of college students did. Why? Why do I need this shirt? I do not need this shirt. I absolutely don't. Oh. No surprise there. <laughs> yeah. I know. I feel I yeah, there was a lot of that. Um, okay, so you talked a little bit, and I, I'm gonna try and wrap this up on on this one because I think it's really important. Um, with your three jars that you do, one is for, um, for charity, right? So how can we teach our kids to be more charitable without like forcing them? Like you have to give this money to this type of charity or this charity. So how do you teach them that to, to be charitable? Yes, that's a great question. So what you can do is, um, see what they're interested in. Are they interested in helping out animals? Um, kids at their age, like maybe the kids in need, or maybe they are, I don't know, they are patriots and they want to help the, you know, military families, things like that. So first, really, without even telling them what you are trying to accomplish, try to find out what their interests are. Okay. When you talk to them, what makes their heart you know, make them do all oh, like, you know, it's just kind of, you yeah. know, your child's reactions, you know, the right moment. So when, when, you know, let's say your child is, um, I'll give you an example. So my son loves koalas. When he was like growing up every night, we would look at the koala pictures before we go to bed. So when there was a few years ago, when there was a big fire in Australia, um, you know, a lot of media coverage, the koalas are thirsty, dying. So he 
took out all of his money in the charity and then he gave it to one of the charities and that helps the koalas. So they can accumulate the money. There's no reason for them to give every month, every, you know, every allowance. Like they can put the money in when they feel the right time, they will take out all of that money and they will give it for the right cause. The idea is here teaching them, you know, teaching them to be charitable and generous and kind to others um, and then share some of our um, knowing that we are blessed and uh, content with what we have and then share share with others what we can uh, after we take care of our own needs. Um, so I would say definitely have the conversation and see what they like and then seek out for opportunities, uh, maybe pull up the charity list if they love animals, if they love cats, maybe pull up the charities in your area that they can visit, they can see where their money is going, or you can take out the money and go to a pet store and get all of the, the cat food for the cats and take them to the animal shelter so that it's not just giving the money online, but actually taking the money and doing the good um, so they are more um, satisfied with the, um, the results because, uh, you know, we live in a digital world. I think um, the cash is nowadays, it's, <laughs> it's hard to find, hard to see. So you want to, if you really want to instill those type of um, uh, qualities in your child, I think it's, it's a good idea to actually take the money, go to the store, take the goods and take it to the place where you want to donate. Yeah. I like that idea. Um, I think it just helps them see it, right? It, it helps yes. them feel it more than just kind of hitting the donate now button on a, on a website or something. So absolutely. Yeah. I think those are great ideas. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and how do people find you? Thanks again for having me. This was a great, wonderful conversation. People can find me on Instagram, Kids Money Academy. I do have a, a 20 thousand plus community members there and they are all involved very involved um so we would love to have your listeners in, included in that community and um, also they can go to kidsmoneyacademy.com and they can see all of the blog posts and all of the other resources that we have we also have free resources that they can sign up and every friday i do provide weekly friday freebies that they can um they can definitely get every Friday. Wow. That's a, that is a huge resource to provide to people. So, um, but I will make sure that all of your information is linked in the show notes. So if anybody wants to connect with you, um, they can, they can absolutely do it there. And I highly recommend you to follow you on Instagram because I mean, your content is entertaining, right? I know you put so much effort into it and it's just, it's so informational. And I think it's just so important, especially because this is one of those hard subjects, right? It's a hard thing that most people don't like to talk about, right? It's like, how else are kids supposed to learn about money, right? If their parents aren't teaching them. Right. Yeah. And we are their number one resource. I think as a parent, we have a responsibility. It's easy to put the responsibility on the school system and everyone else. But I think we are the most influential in our uh, child's life. Um, and if we can take ownership of this responsibility and do the right thing, um, they will be ready for the for adulthood. I try to make the Instagram fun and 
easy to digest. Uh, so you will see me dancing and all doing all kinds of uh, <laughs> funny stuff. <laughs> um, it entertains me. It does. <laughs> Great. I think it's, it's wonderful. So yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Okay. Well, thank you again for coming on. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for joining us for the Planning Parent Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, write a review, and share our podcast. Please check the show notes for resources and all the ways to connect with us, including joining our community on Facebook at The Planning Parent and follow us on Instagram at The Planning Parent. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and got some great solutions and strategies to help you achieve the simplicity and bliss you deserve. And remember, take a deep breath. You do matter. You're doing a great job.